I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Smirchpod Royale, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films and Bond-related films and films that have nothing to do with Bond, uh, who enjoy, hate, or aren't asked about them, hosted by me, John Rain. This week, we'll be returning to a galaxy far, far away to eat a small bird, commit mutiny, refuse to help the galaxy, and follow a spaceship very slowly. Yes, it's The Last Jedi. And joining me to race weird space horse things is actor and host of Crowley Time, Tom Crowley! Hello, John Rain, host Hello. of Smirchpod. Hey, it's me. You caught me out. I did. I got you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like candid camera. Hey, John, are we yeah. basically going to get in trouble with someone no matter what we say about this film? Pretty much, yeah. But I think, generally, John, I think I think I'm maybe the worst guest to have on a show like this now at this point in my life because I've kind of reached the point where I can't... It, it astonishes me to think 
thinking back to when I was a child, mm. that there could be a world not that far away where you get new Star Wars something with like a you know a telly or film yeah. with like a real budget weekly really, yeah. and yeah. I couldn't give less of a shit yeah, about any of it. I can't mm. believe it, and I think that basically all of this sort of uh, ultra franchise exploitation. I, I listened back to us talking about The Force Awakens, just mm. to sort of um, remind me. And also, uh, I recommend that all listeners do the same, because otherwise you won't know why we're saying, no, I'm not, every yeah. five seconds during this uh, podcast. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I listened back to it, and I think the seeds of it are beginning there. But at this point, genuinely, if you put a sort of big uh, branding label on something, it's just a special, perfect spice to make me completely lose interest in it, because I yeah. assume it will be at best mediocre. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. mediocre or just copying something that's been before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or have it being full of, ah, look, is, there's the penny used once. That's right. Oh, my God, yeah. that's how uh, that's how Pavarotti got his pen. No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he found it in a shop once. I haven't and then seen later, it. <laughs> later he wrote that note, didn't he, famously? He wrote Nessan Dorma with it. He wrote Nessan Dorma with the pen from the shop. It was a textile oh. shop. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen yeah. it, but apparently in the new Kenneth Branagh's Moustache Poirot films. Yes. Apparently, you find out who he stole his moustache from. Well, you find out why he's got a big moustache, apparently. What? Who gives a fuck? I know, because he likes it. Yeah. Oh, God. He like The film begins with like a, a CGI de-aged Kenneth Branagh with, with a bare top lip looking in a mirror. And he says, ah, it, that just looks like Kenneth Brenner, the actor from films. <laughs> and then cut to a few months later, he's grown a massage. He goes, yeah, that's the stuff. And that's it. That's the, that's the rest of the film. Uh, anyway, enough of yeah, that. Hello. Because we're here to talk about The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. And people will wonder, why are you talking about The Last Jedi in a Bond podcast? But it's because we did The Force Awakens and we said to ourselves, we made a promise that one we day we would return and talk about this as well. We did. Also, as long as we're having fun, who cares? Who cares? People, people eat up this shit. They love it. Oh, they lap it up the pigs <laughs> from the trough. <laughs> but, but what what we first should talk about? Adrian Edmondson. Oh God, yeah. I, I've, my first note is um, after all that talk about you know franchises and sort of the soul mm. being sapped out of these things. My first note was like, it's got aid within three minutes. This is the best Star Wars film ever made. They kept it so quiet. And yeah. I think I avoided reading anything about it. I went to the cinema and then he, he turns yeah. around and I'm like, fuck, they <laughs> but apparently, and, then, uh, mm. and then Kylo Ren says to him, uh, have you made Grand Moff? And he says, no, it's just the way my trousers hang. <laughs> and then when Hux gives him orders, he says, right, you, right, I'll skip my mate from the Brody. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, apparently Ryan Johnson tweeted, uh, like, you know, back when he could use Twitter with happy abandon yeah happy abandon um he tweeted a picture of um Adrian and had he'd written on something like about bo- he's a big fan of bottom basically so he oh so he in. was there was a connection because i never yeah. know it's like celia imry being in phantom menace and you feel mm. like that was just a case of i mean so many of these you just feel like it's some americans looking at head sheets and going yeah mm. and like not realizing it's very important to a lot of people <laughs> elsewhere on the planet yeah 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 but in this case it's because he's a fan of bottom Oh, that's so nice. At the oh. programme, not of bottoms in general. Well, we, don't, we can't speak to that. He might <laughs> we be. I don't want to say these definitively not either. I'd like uh, to say, before we get too deep into it, that Ryan Johnson caught a lot of shit for this film. Mm. And I understand why, because it doesn't do what people think it's going to do. 
It does a few different things to the structure of like a yeah a Star Wars film. And People it is are thinking about... this is going to be the Empire Strikes Back, basically. Exactly. And, and it seems yeah. like from all the grief he got, that's what they wanted. They wanted him to remake the Empire Strikes Back. Well, it worked for JJ on Force Awakens, as we well, covered in our exactly. previous podcast. But you don't want that. But I understand. I think it doesn't. It doesn't work for various reasons. But I think his intentions are pure. And when you compare it to the film that follows this, mm. I mean, he's trying. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, and rather it, than not he, trying. Yeah, yeah, and he's I, not. A which fool, I still haven't cause... seen, by the way. The 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 Smirchpod review of mm. Rise of Skywalker will be the first, and I imagine last time I will have seen Rise of Skywalker. And yes, that is coming. We are going to. That do is. That. It'll happen. It'll happen. Mm. But he's not an idiot because he went on and did Knives Out, which basically gave birth to everyone's interest in murder mystery films again. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's very good. <laughs> he's a mm. good writer. There's yeah. some clunkers in this, which I've made note oh, of some of big them. Clunkers. But... Oh, yeah. clunky clunkers. But, but let's again, get into it. Yeah, let's get into yeah. it. The way they make these films, you never know if that was like in his draft or if like the seventh writer in the room went, how about she says, oh, well, that just happened. And mm. there are enough executives in the room laugh that That's he feels he has to put tomato. it in. That's the second biggest tomato I ever ate. <laughs> I think maybe we should lose that bit. Yeah, and then the executives are too busy like braying over Ryan Johnson for them to hear him say that. And then it goes in the scripts. Well, they were. There was a lot of Ryan Johnson loving, wasn't there? When this... uh, the thing is, uh, hmm. do, do you think you mean that the execs were like, you can do whatever you want? or? Well, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, Kathleen yeah. Kennedy was like, we love Ryan. We think he's great. He can do what he yeah. likes. Hmm. And then then the, some online trolls removed the idea of like authorial control from Hollywood forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, trolls. As a writer, thank you very much. <laughs> but anyway, so Adrian Emerson... We're on the bridge of a, um, a, a first order ship. I'd like to. Have, I'd like there to have been an origin for the first order. By the way, I'd like them to have been an evil. We are the evil empire, yeah. and we've we've started again. And then they get their first order come through the computer from Snoke, and they're like, "We've just had our first order. Hey, let's Hang. call ourselves that." <laughs> Hang on, that's a good name. Yeah, <laughs> that played by Michael Elphick, by the way. By Michael Elphick. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm- that's, that's, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, you also, you, you, I think they should have rounded out more of the cast of Bottom in mm. uh, in this and had, you know, possibly Snoke could have been, um, what's the name of the actor who uh, plays their landlord? But it'd be nice if he came in and said, um, oh, this, uh, this, this perfect chosen one for the force. It's such a bonny bloody thing. 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 Roger That'd Sloman. Sloman. Roger yeah. Sloman, of course it is. He's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be good if he was in there. Yeah, and um, of course, uh, podcast favourite Brian Glover Mm. come in. That's enough! At the end of episode eight. At the end of every scene, probably should. Yeah, I think every scene after the sort of hour 45 minute mark, he comes out and goes, That's enough! And then, despite his best efforts, more scenes begin. I imagine him saying that, and then that Star Wars thing, you know, where it blends one scene to another, like a a wipe or a... Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll say, that's enough, and then he'll wipe the next scene, and then he'll talk more, and then he'll come out again. That's enough! He's, he's like, out of breath, like he's just running from the other side of the galaxy (laughs) to be in the next scene. (sighs) That's enough! (laughs) And then at the very end of the film, he walks out onto that salt plane and Mm. just collapses and dies. (laughs) And that's the end of the movie. And then that other guy comes out and goes, you made him miss... (laughs) <laughs> you made him miss. He's never uh, uh, someone I know before. is in that scene. Uh, oh, of, 
Do American tell. Werewolf. Yeah, just a, a, it's a little sort of fun star cameo, but um, one a, a podcast that I'm known for being in is the podcast sitcom Wooden Overcoats, recommended mm-hmm. in the Metro yesterday, in fact. Absolutely, as we recommended this. by everybody with a, a sane sound mind and body. Sound mind operating on full power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Sean Baker, who is the second actor to have played our mayor, uh, Desmond Desmond, who's mm. played him for most of the seasons we've done, uh, is in is in that scene playing darts, I believe. Wow. Or is he sat at the table with Rick? I can't remember. Anyway, he's in that scene very, very young. And when I found that out, I, I had I had kittens in the studio, which oh made God. the noise disturbance very extreme. Mm. Uh, so we had to reshoot that scene. But anyway. Mm. Must, it must have been traumatic for you because it was a principally an audio thing, wasn't it? Well, it... It was principally an audio thing, and it was one of those moments when you go, I wish this had been on film, because if someone had captured me, a human man, having kittens, mm. then this, you know, it would it'd be YouTube gold. You'd be in one of those kind of Faces of Death videos, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. And that man with the eye patch comes out and goes, life is such a fractured thing. Or <laughs> Jonathan this Frakes. Man. Yeah, like yeah. Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes comes out and, uh, and says, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen a man give birth to? <laughs> And at the end goes, it's all true. Every single word. It's all correct. <laughs> so Jonathan Frakes is very much the new Arthur C. Clarke because he'd come out and go, here <laughs> in a village of Patagonia, it's said to be raiding toads six days a week. And then at the <laughs> end he goes, frankly, I don't believe it happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he is. He's, sort of, yeah. he's, he's that sort of arbitrator for yeah. our times. We don't or, need well, them. Well, the 90s. You don't need them? No, well, no, these days we don't have them. Everyone, everyone wants you to believe in magic, don't they? Develop that thought, John. Well, you couldn't you couldn't pitch Arthur C. Clarke's mysterious world now. But A, he's dead. But B, maybe you could go through Arthur D. Clarke as clone. <laughs> I imagine well, there we were must two be on Arthur him. F. Clarke by now. We surely. must be Axel F. Clarke. Axel F. Clarke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds That's fun. His, you open what is this? His... Show? I forgot what this show is, but I'm definitely commissioning it. <laughs> you open his book, which is now like because he's Arthur Axel F. Clarke. It's um. Mm. 2087 a space odyssey because we've had loads of books and you open yeah. it it just says all the way through and like but as you keep reading it you start to go hang on so if the rhythm is hang on wait this is the theme tune to beverly hills cop well i am axel f clark i mean it sounds great um Anyway, did you want to talk about the film The Last Jedi? Yeah, please. <laughs> At some point. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. all right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah anyway, um, so the Hayden Emerson's on the on the deck, and um, General Hux, who they've made uh, Donald Gleeson, love him, love yeah. him to bits, but they've made him look for this scene and this scene only. It would appear they've given him makeup that makes him look like he's 10, 20 years older, and I don't understand why. He, he sort of looks half dead. Like, yeah. he, it's like he's partially drowned and mm. been reanimated mm. like just seconds before. It's very strange. I wonder if maybe they were going... He, he was sort of... I remember him be, seeming very young. And mm. as I said many times in our podcast episode about it, just seeming quite lost. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of shrieking. And then suddenly he's a, lot, a very different character now, and, which I think was a good decision. But maybe they went. Oh, we'll try and mitigate him looking like a little boy in his in his dad's uniform for work. You know. Yeah. Maybe that's why. But also, I think they. And again, I think the intentions are probably pure for for a gag. But they've ruined the character within about what five seconds. Oh, the 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 hold uh, holding call moment. Yeah, because they get a call from Poe. Mm-hmm. Poe Dameron, played by Oscar Isaac's. Oscar Isaac's. Heterosexual character Poe Dameron. That's right. Yep. He loves he loves the ladies. He loves the ladies. If you look carefully in his X Wing, he's got like a centerfold lady 
there. That's right. He's got a really explicit hustler centre fault in his cockpit, and he keeps looking at it and going, Whoa. "Yeah, they yeah. and and it's sort it's a bit strange because it kind of looks like they've just used a very short bit of footage and looped it." Mm. And just overdubbed like the sound, four, 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 leading some to suspect this was done in post. But um, and then he looks around. There's a, there's a hustler style centerfold of a naked bodybuilder man, and he goes, ugh, ugh, yeah. And again, it's like it's <laughs> he he slightly looks like he's sneering, but it could just be yeah. he's halfway through saying a word. It's not clear. Yeah. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> and then the real problem is that he's he's pasted the entire front of his cockpit with. A giant, <laughs> explicit piece of penetrative pornography. It's <laughs> heterosexual penetrative yeah, I can't pornography. They got that into so he film. can't see where he's. He can, I know, but I can't, mm. he can't see where his spaceship's going, which is why his mission goes so badly at the beginning. What is his mission, though? Because basically, if you don't Bomb know everybody at home, why have we got bombers that are so slow and as soon as you touch them, they explode? It just seems like the worst idea in the world. Yeah, I, I guess it's. I don't mind that so much. I, I suppose it's the strange thing is that you've had. Is it B wings are bombers mm. in, or is that even in that much? Been in the computer games. I, I that thought might it was be in the computer games. Jedi. I don't think B wings in Jedi. You just see them flying about. You don't really see what they do. do you? Uh, okay, all right. So it must be. I'm confusing it with like Rogue Squadron for the N64. Or I might be something. wrong. Someone, someone will tell us. But um... someone will tell us to at us in like and and tell us why we're wrong about all this stuff at length. I mean, I don't mind the concept of bombers. I think it's a great idea. It's just that mm. the way it's executed, that they go so slow. Yeah. And that as soon as a TIE fighter crashes into them, because I thought that these ships had, like, shields and stuff. Well, it's, they make it very clear. It's sort of plot crucial later that the big ones do. Mm. And you see that established at length. But presumably not. I mean, yeah, it, it does beg the question. This is the trouble with so much of this stuff, is you start to go, but hang on, if <laughs> if a TIE fighter can fly faster than... The destroyer, the the, the dreadnought, or whatever it is, mm. then why can't a Tie Fighter catch up with the fleeing resistance ship? Well, you know, exactly. anyway, all these logistical questions sort of start yeah. to because we're basically in like space magic land where nothing actually matters. Exactly. All you all you have is like the rules that you set up within the film, and <laughs> otherwise none of it makes any sense. Also, one bomber can destroy an entire dreadnought, so just bring yeah. one bomber and more fighters. That's that I would think. make sense. I yeah. that said, I think you get away with a lot by the suggestion that they've just been like routed at the last moment. Yeah, and we're joining them just mid-flight, and there's they've, they've only got the sort of resources they had right there, and this is all happening now, 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 which I think forgives a certain number of sins. Yeah. So basically, what happens is all these bombers turn up and they destroy the dreadnought, which is piloted from that man from Game of Thrones. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's right. Yes, it is. Yeah. And um, so Hux now is in trouble. And also Poe has ignored orders, basically, that as soon as um, they've done what they needed to do, they need to come home. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it is he does. Princess <laughs> Leia says, that's it, great, come back. Well, as far as I understand it... Oh, it, po- was the re- it was the rebellion getting off the planet, wasn't it? That's what it That's it, yeah, they're fleeing yeah. their old base and, mm-hmm. and trying to get away from the First Order that's, that's come to get them. And they're, they're on their way. And Leia says, no, don't, don't mount a giant attack on that on that uh, destroyer class star destroyer or whatever yeah um what is it called before i keep saying dreadnought it is a dreadnought okay yeah mm. said, we got the chance to take down a dreadnought mm. uh and uh she says i don't care get in your spaceship and let's go um mm. this is a theme that i think we're going to come to back to a few times talking about this which is that this is a film where basically everybody fucks everything up yeah everyone who has a plan or a sort of real conviction to take a chance on something is wrong 
mm. <laughs> including Princess Leia and including yeah. Poe Dameron. So yeah. um, I don't know if that's... Uh, that might be the perfect structure for part two of a trilogy because you've kind of got to bring everything to quite a sort of nadir. Well, yeah, I think it is. It's just I, I don't think it sticks the landing, but I think the no. principles are there. Yeah, I think it, it sort of works. But yeah, this is the first major fuck-up, which is Poe... The, again, a sort of logic thing is Poe disobeys, you know, General Organa, Princess yeah. Leia, hero of the Resistance, mm. and and suddenly like a load of other ships appear, also disobeying Leia, mm. and I don't know. A part of me was going, wouldn't they be getting like <laughs> Carrie Fisher's voice coming through the radio, going, "Don't yeah. go with him, shut up, come back here," yeah. but uh, they also seem to maybe they follow Poe because he's such a great pilot and. Uh, He's a hero uh, they, of the Resistance. He's a hero of the Resistance, that's true, after mm. he's uh, wiped out Starkiller Base exactly. in the previous film. Did anyone care about Starkiller Base, really? Um, well, it, it now, now, John, it had destroyed three planets, which is much oh, worse yeah. than the Death Star, which destroyed one planet. That's true. So yeah. it, it escalated, you see. So people must have been also, quite upset. Did, I can't remember if we talked about this in the Episode 7 podcast, but mm. why did the, re- the Rebellion rebrand themselves to the Resistance? John, I hate to tell you, we covered this at length ah, good, <laughs> in the good. previous okay, episode, My memory's uh, and we 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 imagined all kinds of. It was so so funny and good content. Oh, you should go back uh, and listen to it then. If everyone I everyone should go back and listen mm. to it. Uh, imagine me as Kylo Ren saying, "We'd really like the work you did on the Adidas campaign." Oh, That's just yes. one of the many lines that you can yeah. enjoy in the uh, in the previous podcast that we did. And Michael York voice that goes for you at home too. <laughs> so, yeah, they uh, he ignores it. They blow up the dreadnought, but at what cost, Tom? At what cost of like loads of people being killed, mm. including someone I realised halfway through the film was supposed to be Rose Tico's sister. That's right. Or yeah. I don't know, mother, partner. Don't know. I think it's sister. She does say my sister, sister died, and also oh, at one point, okay, I missed that. Yeah, she says my sister, who's really good at catching things once they've gone past her, has died. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. She she had a really great um, hyperextension of her arm, sort of backwards over her head. Yeah. My sister, yeah. the last remaining person on a bomber that can destroy a whole dreadnought, even though we brought six of them. Yeah. I, mm. I'll, I'll forgive it. I'll forgive it. I'll forgive I'll the forgive logic. It. I've decided, uh, John, it's over. I've, I've forgiven them. Yeah, okay. Well, Hux is now in trouble with Snoke, and Snoke chooses to reprimand him in front of the entire ship by dragging him across the floor by his face. Yeah, he's he does um, he loves a little bit of the old public humiliation. I quite enjoyed that. I mean, again, it's like uh, <laughs> I actually wrote this down for for much later, nearly at the end of the film. But it is very much a film that seems to think it seems to be aware that we all hate General Hux and want to see him suffer, just yeah, as a character. Um... And I feel bad for Donald Gleason because it it's kind of like it's as if everyone watched Force Awakens and went that character's shit, and so then they mm. based his entire presence in the second film. Of just like being brutalized in various sort of Tom and Jerry comical ways. But I miss, I mean, this is me being an old man, but I miss from the original trilogy, what was his name? Kenneth? Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Colley. Colley, thank you. I miss characters like Kenneth Colley in, in yes, the Yes, he Star was Wars fantastic. Who were yeah. just bad. I don't mean shit, mm. I mean baddies. They baddies don't change evil. their colors at all and they don't, they're not humiliated. And Mr. Bronson in Empire Strikes Back is killed, but he's killed with one person watching. Yeah. But I think um, it's, 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 an issue that, we, well, I think that a lot of these kind of films that are reviving great adventure series from past years is that we have a bit of a problem with archness, mm. I think, these days. Like, I was watching, I can't remember what prompted this. I think it was watching um, 
Donald Gleason doing. Obviously, you've got the sort of bit with the hold call. Also, they have call waiting systems in Star Wars universe yes, now. That's canon. Yes, we know do. that now. Yeah. We never yeah. knew that before. No. But um, we they have call holding systems, and when one is engaged, you say, yes, I'll hold. I was watching Donald Gleason, and I think it was it was not the sort of embarrassing joke bit. It was more, it was a moment when he was sort of delivering a sort of straight down the line, we will rout them and destroy them at the very root and all of mm. that. And it mm. felt totally false. Yeah. And I don't think, again, I don't think it's it's not even necessarily the script's fault. It's not necessarily uh, Donald Gleason's fault. But it was just like the language of film doesn't allow that level of sincerity anymore, really. No. Especially not, I mean, and I was comparing him to like Peter Cushing in The New Hope and going, mm. can you imagine like anyone having more kind of dignity inherently than Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin? Absolutely and not. Yeah, I think even knowing that he was wearing carpet slippers throughout that film because his feet were having trouble. Yeah, bless him. Yeah, I think Snoke's got the same problem. He's got some dialogues in this dialogues. He's got some mm. dialogue in this which are right stinkers. Yeah, a rab- rabid cur. Yes, yeah, he the does. Cruelest stroke. Mm. Yeah, mm. he says Ray's full of spunk at one point, which I thought was very inappropriate. Also, it looks like he's had the cruelest stroke with his face, doesn't it? It does a bit. <laughs> looks like he had a stroke while he was doing the ironing. He's, I was going to say, does Arthur F. Clarke have like a sort of split apart face, like yeah. as another sort of failed clone? I think he's Arthur S. Arthur D. Clarke, maybe. <laughs> Arthur D. Clarke, yeah. Arthur I'd give, I'd give him a D. I'm giving him a D. Mm. Mm. Um, I remember because uh, I another thing that came back to me from re-listening to Force Awakens was mm. uh, how unimpressed I was with Snoke, and I remembered watching Last mm. Jedi and going, "Oh, much better." And watching mm. it again, you go, "I mean, it's fine." Mm. <laughs> I think it was he was doing anything and yeah. had any character. So that was that was preferable to Force Awakens, where he was just a sort of slightly off-brand Emperor Palpatine, and it well, turns out like... he actually is an off-brand Emperor Palpatine. Oh God! No. Um, but I do like the way Ryan Johnson's just gone. Oh, this Snoke fellow is a complete waste of time. Let's get rid of him. Yeah, exactly. Throughout the movie, well, make mm. him a bit more compelling, and then get rid of him mm. as well. Yeah, make give him something to do. He looks a bit like Donald Trump if he lost a bit of weight. I've got. Yeah. Here. Well, I've put. He um, looks like. Do you remember that we- meme fellow, the Wheelstone Raider? No, I don't remember. No. Ah, you should look him up. He was he was like a meme for a bit. He was basically just like this little weird-looking old fella, and and he just kept asking someone if they wanted to fight. Right. But he well, that just like... sounds like everyone that lives near me. Yeah. The right, Wheelstone Raider. Yeah, have a look. Have a look. See what you think. Oh, Wheelston. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Hmm. Uh, Wheelstone Raider. Internet celebrity. He's clarified yeah. this. No, I've never seen this guy, but yeah, he does oh. look like him. Hmm. This is actually Snoke in his younger days when he was a bit exactly. of a, like a bother boy before he got all respectable and got into you politics. Want, he's like, you want some? You want some? Uh, that's yeah. basically Snoke, yeah. Snoke's getting, you want some, do you? <laughs> you want some, you spunky little brat. This is when Andy Serkis had to be... Spunk. Sp- Andy Serkis had to be your CG man, whatever you were doing. I, Andy Serkis is like, no one has ever acted, not since the days of um, <laughs> Mojo in the 90s, has anyone acted opposite Andy Serkis when he hasn't had like a, a trillion little white dots on his face. Mm. It's, it's never happened. People don't no. know what he looks like without a load Everyone of Everyone just thinks like, he's got measles. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> has anyone mentioned, is that vitiligo or something that Andy Serkis has got? Because I've never seen him. It's very interesting. But he's still doing it, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I mean, but also what's strange is he has to be your CGI guy, but it used to be that, like, yeah, he's, he's a brilliant physical performer. He's almost like mm. a clown, you know. Mm. He's Gollum. He's he's scampering about, and he's King he's Kong, King and he's Kong. a gorilla. Yeah. yeah, and he's the he's the monkeys in uh, Planet of the Apes. And mm. it's like, yeah. And in this, he's just sat in a chair. 
but still somehow he has to be <laughs> the CGI man, even though he's not doing any of the stuff he's known for. You know, they could have saved loads of money and just got Michael Parkinson because A, he always sat in a chair. He always sat in a B, chair. B, he looks a bit like Snoke. <laughs> in his later years. He, um, would it be as intimidating if he had the sort of loose sort of sat off to one side, like crossed legs of uh, Michael Parkinson? Holding a clipboard. Yeah, maybe. Holding a clipboard, yeah. Uh, the clipboard's quite good. What's on it? It's mysterious. Mm. What's, what's Snoke writing? Yeah. Do they even have like paper letters? We know they have books that are have pages and are page turners. Mm. Yeah, uh, page canon. turners. Uh, yeah, that is canon yeah. now, isn't it? I don't mind that. It, no. There's a weird. This film also made me realise there's a weird line which is so hard to pin down. Where in a, a joke in a Star Wars film, it can have sort of slightly sort of uh, snappy kind of modern slang terms to it because you know Han and Luke and Leia always talked like that. Really, mm. like they talked like sort of quite uh, sort of witty, sort of barbed kind of movie characters, not like, mm. you know, fantasy people who never abbreviate their words, you know, mm. nothing like that. No. But the, but you can't have a call waiting joke because they haven't got phones, as far as mm. we can tell. So yeah. that doesn't make sense. Mm. Uh, you, you can have a joke about a page turner because we've seen that there are books that literally have pages that you would turn. Logically, mm. that would work. But there are some jokes where I go, no, that's not allowed. <laughs> and there's some where I go, yes, that's fine. And yeah. uh, we'll discover the more of them as we go. We needed you to be like a, a Lucasfilm arbiter. That would be great. I mean, the thing mm. is, I think I think people are people are often looked at as these kind of creative visionaries. Kathleen Kennedy is a good example. Like, and I think she sort of seems like the branding one, who's mm. like, yeah, the, she'll tell us what this needs to be. And like Russell D Davis being brought back to take Doctor Who over again, mm. like to tidy up the playroom. You know, he's he's been brought back in because it's like he knows what Doctor Who should be. But I think not enough people are like. No, no, you need someone who knows what kind of jokes you you are allowed to do yeah. <laughs> in that show, in that film. Yeah. Uh, spunk. Um, <laughs> spunk. No, it's not. Yeah, no, not. So Huck says, don't worry, we have them tied on the end of a string. Because they get away, they go yeah, to hyperspace. Yeah, I suppose they do. Hmm. Yeah. But I, I'm, we're supposed but to there's go, a, what strings, does that strings mean? Exist. Yeah, strings are canon. Are we meant to go? What does that mean? All, I found all this stuff very dull and I didn't follow it very well. I know they had a sort of tracker that could track them impossibly through hyperspace, yeah. right? Well, this is it. I think we're supposed to think, what does that mean? Because when yeah. when Kylo Ren goes to see Snoke later, Snoke's la- still laughing about it. <laughs> Tied on the end of a string. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Have, have you like heard the one about the three pygmies? A... Oh, God. Do the voice. You, he's like your dad that finds like a, not a very funny meme uh, on mm. Facebook and just keeps getting his phone out going, have you seen it? It's like, yeah, we have, we have. Snoke's yeah. pasted on his Facebook page, tied on the end of a string. And all his mates are like, are you okay, hun? There's a picture of like Princess Leia looking like in an unflattering facial expression. Yeah. It's like tied on the end of a string in impact font written across the top. And he goes, ah, ha, 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 yeah, that's right, she is, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but meanwhile, we cut to Finn, a, a very, very much wasted potential of John Boyega being in these films that's right um, whereas in the last film he had something to do in this film he has a little bit to do and in the next film he has nothing to do uh, but he wakes up in a piss suit like a suit full of watery piss suit full of piss yeah it's good mm. yeah yeah. Um, and he's like and the first thing he says is where's Ray which is a bit of a theme so yes. we cut to Ray and she's gone to the sneezing planet the sneezing planet yeah yeah where Luke's gone which is called Atch 2 bless you <laughs> Bless you. That's two. Where's if I was, gone? In, if I was in the resistance, Bless I would have you, been where's... murdered and dumped in space because I keep doing that joke. <laughs> You've been shot out of the exhaust port yeah. for, for every time someone swears Luke. That's two. Bless you, but where's Luke? 
Isle of Dogs. Everyone loves dogs, but where's uh, Luke gone? Yeah, exactly. Hatch oh. two. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, so, so, so then we go, we've basically, we've gone full circle now. We're, we're at the end bit of The Force Awakens. Yep. Where she hands Luke the lightsaber and he looks at it at the end of Force Awakens anyway, as oh no. And yeah. this he flings it over his shoulder. Yeah. I like that bit. I think that's do great. Do you? I really I, do. I, I really I, like it because I think my, I, I like that bit because I think it says something about like where Luke's ended up. But mm. also I think the impact of that is lost slightly when she can just go get it seconds later. Mm. <laughs> like you sort of feel like if you're gonna drop that moment, that means the lightsaber is gone. I just think it's you know I mean? too... Yeah, I agree, but I think it's too extreme. Mm. I think he should maybe just drop it or just chuck it back at her. But flinging it over his shoulder in the way he does and then walking off. It's just extreme petulance that people mm. who... And this is not me defending ourselves, but people who are who, who hold Luke Skywalker as a beloved figure, and there are people out there like that, mm. that's just too much for them to take for a reintroduction to the character, I think. Yeah, no, I can understand that. I think also he's... Uh, I remember, certainly as a kid, Luke was sort of... He was the Leonardo of the unit. He was yeah. sort of the the noble one who was so noble it was almost dull. Mm. But then again, like I, th- this is a thought I had later on in this film, but I think Ray has like main character problems in a way that Luke didn't. Absolutely, yeah. And like, Ray is basically a sort of blank canvas of a character. Like I find it very hard to think of like three adjectives mm. you know, that describe other than like cares about her parents and who they were. And like, but Luke never did. Like Luke, maybe it's a sort of, maybe it's kind of trying to composite a main character rather than starting from a perspective of having an idea for the character. Mm. But like Luke, you go, yeah, he's like a wannabe flyboy. He's, it's like he's a kid that's seen all the pilots come back from 
the Second World War and, and gone, yeah, I want to be a, a fighter pilot. Mm. And he's, you know, in that metaphor, he'd be sort of going, yeah, I'm going to sign up for the Air Force for Korea. And it wouldn't mm. be till he got into the actual conflict that he'd go, oh, this is awful. <laughs> you mm. know, oh, God. I thought it would just be like painting sexy ladies on your plane and, and, and putting hardcore pornography on the inside of your cockpit and flying around. Well, it is a bit Not able that, to see I'd say. where you're going. Yeah, it is a bit. Yeah. But like, he's, he's the naive farm boy who wants to then go join the exciting, big, sexy conflict. Yeah. And then realizes that it's not all it's cracked up to be a war, a star war. And but with with Ray, it's sort of like all the she's a good actor, I think. And I think in this film, a lot better than Force Awakens. I think she's got more yeah. to do. Yeah. But it's it doesn't add up to like a very gettable or clear character, really. Whereas Luke, really. you go, I think the reason people are upset that like, oh, Luke wouldn't be so callous or, or so churlish. Mm. Uh, I think it's because they have a very clear idea of who he is. <laughs> you know, whereas mm. with Ray, it's like she could be churlish or not. She could find that very offensive. And I, I either way, I'd go, yeah, probably. I don't know. Well, isn't, isn't the problem really that they raise backstory is Luke's essentially? They've just sort of carbon copied it. Well, I mean, again, another thing that was mm. identical from um, A New Hope. Yeah. Mm. But I, no, I like I like mm. the bit with the lightsaber, and I think that I, I I know what you mean, and I think part of the problem with dredging up all these old um, licenses and characters is people feel like they know that character so they feel entitled to have a say in how he's depicted at all times even when the intention is to shock or surprise you people resent being shocked or surprised which has the end result of everything is tediously turgidly stuck within very established parameters and you can't have anything good or new Mm. but at the same time i also think that doesn't mean that it's impossible to do something that's a bit tasteless or crap but Mm. i don't know in this moment i go i'm shocked by that but then the film spends the rest of its running time explaining why he would do that. And yeah. I think that's kind of okay. But I, I wouldn't I just wouldn't want to confuse a moment that's inherently a badly done moment with like no, because my Luke Skywalker that I know and I remember and who I assume hasn't changed in fifty years wouldn't mm. do that. Mm. And I don't know. I think like you can't accuse it of like not trying to justify that he would do that. No, but I, I also agree. think I... that he should have thrown it in the sea and it was gone forever. <laughs> I think that yeah. would be more impactful. Yeah. But I agree if you're going to do that moment, but I just think it's too it's too extreme. I think maybe there were other okay. takes where he just sort of dropped it or just threw it to one side. But it's just the maybe you could have like rolled it up in a piece of newspaper and smoked it. Would that, oh, that would be even better? And yeah. then started playing some sort of Jamaican reggae. That's right. And then and as he sort of brings a, a, a little bit lighter to the end of the lightsaber, the the, the beam comes out of the mm. the far end. Then he goes, "That's good shit." And yeah, yeah. And then it and just starts huffing on his. That's it. If he did do that uh, at the point when we see him with the lightsaber, that would mean it was a, a nice tight 90 minutes. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Anyway, he, he flounces off Twitter, basically. He's gone to this mm-hmm. island because he's flounced off Twitter. That's right. Uh, and he locks he's himself. On, he's on the sort of historic home of the Jedi, right? Uh, on uh, Atch Chu. Bless, Bless you. you. And uh, he, uh, where where all the secret Jedi sort of texts are kept, and not one person thought, should we look for Luke there? Hmm. Does well, no one else know where it is? I mean, is that the idea? This is a man who is his whole life has been yeah. in plain sight of everybody, and no one ever thought to look for him, considering yeah. he grew up on his dad's home world with the same name. That's right. Yes. Now, is this is this something from uh, the show Star Wars Obi Wan? Oh no, that's just established already, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's from really. Tatooine. Yeah, no one thought yeah. to look for him there. Yeah, no. It's, I guess maybe on Tatooine, well, Skywalkers he... like Jones or Smith, maybe. That's right, Skywalker. Mm. Yeah, it's a yeah. Skywalker or like Dirt Farmer. Those are the yeah. two surnames. Or oh, shit stabber. Shit stabber. It's shit stabber. 
<laughs> and return from, from pop from the League of Gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nine. Ma- can we have Steve Pemberton as like an Imperial officer as pop oh, in God, another please. Star Wars movie? Uh, men in Maverick bars. Nine Maverick bars. <laughs> and you'll say this is nothing. And then he gets forced choked by uh, Vigo Bonk or whatever the next Sith uh, Lord is called. <laughs> Vigo Bonk. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We, we were worried about Luke because I thought he was American. <laughs> American? No, I'm not American! Uh, <laughs> I am hot for you, Amidala. <laughs> Oh, because I want Pops to be in all these films now. I know. Can can there just be like, a, can we go back in time and establish a rule that Steve Pemberton as Pop is in every, it's like John Ratzenberger in the Pixar movies. Exactly. John, yeah. Steve Pemberton as Pop will turn up <laughs> at once in every Star Wars product. Even if he's just looking through a monitor and masturbating while eating horrible noodles. <laughs> he's, it's the, <laughs> no, but in this one, it would be, he's R2 wheels in and he just pokes a button on his head and then Leia's hologram appears and he starts unzipping his trousers and shoving pot noodle in his mouth. I just thought of uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of the Shitstabber. Shitstabber. <laughs> Skywalker uh. and Shitstabber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, uh, so not. no, um, no. Uh, Chewie mm. kicks down Luke's door. Uh, yeah, that's not a euphemism. <laughs> um, and he says, "We're going." Then Ray comes in, and I, I think yes, she's great in this. But this scene, her acting's not great. She goes. You're Luke Skywalker. We need you to blah, blah, blah. And we've, we'll tell you all about it on the Falcon. Yeah. And he's like, Falcon? Wait a minute. Where's Han? Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's dead. What? Mm. Couldn't you have told me in a more nice way? Yeah. But don't... That's all off screen, isn't it? Yeah. We, we don't see the scene where he's talking, which I think is like perfectly valid because it's yeah, like, it's yeah we know. We know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, we've already seen that. So then Kylo Ren goes to see Snoke, and then he's, as, I, as we said, uh, <laughs> on a string, nice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's um, still laughing about it. <laughs> and then um, he he just basically gives Kylo Ren a dressing down and says, you're, you're ridiculous. You got beaten uh, by a girl. What I When he says, that's right, he says, a oh. girl who uh, doesn't even have like super skilly skills mm. uh, or something, can't remember. But there's there's a bit where Kylo Ren says, "I gave you everything I have," mm. and Snoke says, "Take off that ridiculous mask." I mm. wish he just said, "Like, do you know what? I can't hear a fucking word you're saying. <laughs> Take that stupid helmet off." <laughs> and it's that point as well. And at the time, I was a bit like, cause I'm, "I'm afraid." At the time, I fell into the spell of, "I really like that new mask, and it's quite cool and everything." Yeah, yeah. And with time distance now, I just think it is quite stupid that he was wearing a mask. And I know it's a kind well, this, of Vader like... thing, but. But I like the idea that he's he doesn't need to wear it. Like he's quite mm. sort of he's an odd looking guy, Adam Driver, in a handsome mm. way. But he's sort of mm. pretty. And mm. so when he takes the helmet off in Force Awakens, you go, oh, he he doesn't have like a horrible, uh, like disfigurement or something. Like he's not no. been turned turned into pulp by lava like Darth Vader. He's and just it's a nice it little visual metaphor, it. isn't it? That yeah, he's yeah underneath he's quite an innocent looking small boy. But yeah, although he appears mm. to have been run over by a bicycle at some point between. Uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi in this he moment. got sliced in the face up his face yeah that's right yeah but it, the way that the the little Imperial robots repaired it, it looks like tire tracks that's come off his head yeah and uh, that's the 
that's the scene I think that was deleted, but I wish had been left in, where he's he steps out of his uh, quarters in the uh, Dreadnought class Star Destroyer, and uh, someone goes, oh, beep, beep, and he gets run down by a bike, and a big tire track goes right up his body. It's pops. And he goes... And he, yeah, <laughs> it's out pop. of the way, <laughs> out of the way, nine Maverick bars on route. <laughs> and the, and when he goes, he goes, who brings a bicycle on a dreadnought class star destroyer? And uh, that, that, I wish we'd seen that. It me, I did. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So so Snoke just basically um, does sort of what, what what sort of reverse psychology maybe just to fire him mm-hmm. up and make him feel like shit. And it works. Well, that's that's how it seems to play out later. Yeah, mm. well, he's he easy to manipulate. His mask up. Yeah, that's right. Well, this is my favorite. One of my other favorite scenes in the film is is Kylo bashing his helmet in the lift, which I think mm. is a bit out of order in We've a workplace. All done that. Yeah. yeah. Well, speak for yourself, John. <laughs> but yeah, and then he he walks out and says, "Prepare my ship," and his mask is in tatters on the floor. Yeah, absolutely fucked. Mm. It's as if it's as if. <laughs> And I wonder if this is about you know how hard it is to understand them. But it, mm. it's as though this was almost in a practical sense. Uh, Ryan Johnson going, forget the helmet, okay? The helmet mm. bits over. We're just going to have him act normally on screen. Yeah, I think very much so. I think very much just him rejecting what they were doing in the last film. Yeah. And as it turns out, it was very tip for tap. As we'll find yeah, that's out right. Yeah, very cheap, uh, cheap back and forth. Just point yeah. scoring off each other, which yeah, is what you always weird. want from filmmakers playing from with the properties. Yeah, yeah, from a trilogy, the sort of yeah. coherence of two guys who for so- seem to hate each other, mm. <laughs> just shitting on each other's work back and forth. Well, also you had the third guy who was fired. He was fired. Oh, Troy and Trevor, yeah, we talked, we've talked yeah, about him before, yeah. yeah. So he was, fi- they didn't like his script, is that the idea? Yeah, no, I think I think he did a film called Book of Henry that came out and flopped horribly and that they Ooh. didn't like his script. And But the script, it turns out, leaked after episode nine came out and it was much better. So Okay. okay. But we'll get into that when we talk about that. Yeah, sounds good. Meanwhile, um, meanwhile, Luke refuses to help and he makes Daisy Ridley follow him while he milks a big blue-titted walrus. Now, this is controversial between us two, yeah. you and me, because I really uh-huh. like that bit, and you hate it. <laughs> I hate it, only because it just feels unnecessary, for one. Yep. B, the face of the little animal, when it looks at Ray, it's almost like it's going, he does this every day, and I hate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels like I, I'm not okay with this. I almost get the uh, the expression from that face that he's like... Uh, all right, nothing weird about this. <laughs> While a man milks Actually, my four big tits. Now you're standing there. This feels a bit weird. Yeah. Usually, you know, it's I've fine. never, I've never. It's it's pop again. You know, I never normally have a problem with this, but now that you're there watching, it does seem a little out of order. He never even asks. Out of first order, he never asks. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but it's also the fact that he chugs it. His mm. beard's full of it, and then he goes, "Want a bit?" He's like, "No." No, I don't. He backwashed all in it, Luke. Yeah. All the blue milk. He should like wipe it with his robe. This is the he should. This is mm. the the moment of like how Indiana Jones got his hat, or how mm. Borrow got his moustache, yeah. yeah. Or um, what's another good one? How James Bond uh, discovered wearing bow ties. How Chewbacca is called Chewy, which we find che- out. In yeah, Solo. that's right. That's yeah. in Solo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the same way, it's like this is where blue milk comes from. Mm-hmm. It's from a sort of a, a penguin lizard uh, bird's big, big red sore tits. Also, yeah, that's my thing. It would be fine <laughs> if they had little nipples, but someone's given them six pair of tits. <laughs> yeah, like proper human-sized tits. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I find it disturbing. It is it is disturbing, but yeah. I find that quite funny. <laughs> I, quite, <laughs> I quite like it. It's a Star Wars cow. Blue yeah. blue milk cow. I don't mind that. And then Luke jumps off a cliff and she's like, what are you doing? And he goes to a little other cliff. Yes. And then he picks up a stick with a spike on it. A really long mm. one. It's like 30 foot long. It's a very long stick. Yeah. It feels stupid. And he stabs, it's, he stabs it's a big fish. I, 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 don't, I get the idea that it's like, we may as well... My one issue I have with, with the film, I mean, my main issue is that it's far too long. And mm. I think that all this stuff kind of... This and the bomber sequence at the start kind of, mm. I think, says why. Which is, I think Ryan Johnson's a really good... He's a very good storyteller and I think a good filmmaker. And I think he's good at quite sort of followable, punchy storytelling. Mm. Like, you know, it's very clear. The, the setting up of like, okay, there's this half a necklace and then you meet... Um, you meet Rose Tico later. She's got the other. Yeah, sure, absolutely. But then it's things like you know that all the bombers being blown up. It's not hard to keep track of which ones are still going and which aren't. And I don't know. I think he's very good at that. And he's very good at the sort of flow of events of telling a story through movies. But he's been given like this one chance to play in the Star Wars toy box. And he's going. I'm going to make use of every single moment of that I have mm. in this world. So that bomber sequence, which should be about, you know, 15 seconds of screen time, takes about three, four minutes to play yeah, out. Yeah. Likewise, he's gone, what would Luke Skywalker alone on an island, what would his daily routine be like? What's he eating? Where's he getting his blue milk fix? Because we know mm. he's absolutely a fiend for the blue yeah. milk. Yeah. And and so, but it's like everything has to be sort of cool or a little gag. And it's just slightly too much. Like, And, and I think that stick is the perfect example where you go, mm. he's sort of, he's because he's super cool Luke Skywalker, he launches himself over a crevasse and then and then fishes with a giant stick that's like improb- improbably long rather than like a little spear on a string or something, you know, that might actually yeah. make more sense. Like, for example, you don't, you don't then see him like hand over handing that enormous 30 foot stick over his head so he can get to the fish underneath. No. But uh, yeah, no. It, I think that's part of the issue. Is it, it's just trying to make use of every single part of the movie a bit, bit too much. I mm. mean, at this point, uh, I around here, I wrote down. I can't believe there's still two hours of this film remaining. Yeah. Yeah. Not like two hours of the total runtime. There's two hours left of the yeah. film. Yeah. But Shocking. we cut. Poe's been slapped and demoted by Leia for ignoring yep. her orders. Yep, yep, yep. And um, he's generally generally pissed off because. They don't seem to have a plan. Yeah. So then we cut to Kylo Ren, who's so annoyed about his talking down that he's, him and his mates have gone out to attack the resistance yeah, the ships. Fleet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they should be doing anyway, really. They probably should have done that to start. I mean, it is the only mm. thing they're there to do. Mm. Kylo Ren's uh, fighter spaceship looks like a less successful 90s games console. It does. Like Kylo Ren's ship looks like an Atari Jaguar. I, I was going to just say Atari Jaguar, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's the uh reference for a less successful. Sorry, Atari, you gave mm. us so much, but the Jaguar was not your finest hour. No. Um, so he he's, he flies out in an Atari Jaguar and, and starts to attack. Oh, and I've got here sort of more lovely sound design and stuff. I would really love the sound throughout it and just like the sort of dong dong of the lasers hitting the shields. That's I great. That's great. Also, the um, I know everyone hates the prequels quite mm. rightly. But there's also a, little, a nice little reference to them there because he does the spinning. The spinning. Yeah, when Anakin accidentally gets in a ship in Episode One, he's like, "Yes, I'll try spinning. That's fun, or whatever." And he spins the ship, and he does like a. Oh, is that a reference? Here. I thought it was just something you I might think do. It with must the ship. be. Right. Okay. Because he unnecessarily spins, uh, but it shows that he's a good pilot, which uh, we never return to really. Which is no, fun. no. 
<laughs> I do like the production design because he's just about to fire the lasers. Mm. And you can see there's like a little spring mechanism on it. And I think that's a oh, really yeah. nice production design touch that you can see it. Yeah. If you push it, it would give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like yeah. that. Beautifully he, made stuff, yeah. But it's a lovely little scene here. I really like it. And the way it's played and scored and everything is where Leia detects him. Yeah. He detects her. And it's a he's he's about moment. to maybe, yeah, pull the trigger and he can't mm. do it. Can't do it. Which, again, is a lovely character moment showing that he, ultimately he's not who he wants to be. He hasn't got the... Um, he hasn't the got ruthlessness the ruthlessness of, uh, of his father. Yeah, yeah. No, it's his not grandfather. father. His grandfather. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He remembers sitting on his lap when I was young. My grandfather used to give me these buttered candies. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, didn't Tatooine you just murder? Originals. Yeah, didn't you just murder your son's no guardians? Ne- no, never no. mind. No, <laughs> aren't you Darth Vader? No, I'm not. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> it's back. Yay! No, I'm not. <laughs> But anyway, he hesitates, but one of his wingmen does not. No, two of his wingmen, they fly past him, mm. they flank him, and doo, 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 and then there goes Leia, nearly now, being killed. Now, at the time, I thought, oh, so this is how they've covered the fact that Carrie Fisher sadly died. When yeah, I've got questions out. about this, yeah. 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 I thought, oh, well, th- th- this will be it, because this is a nice way for her to go out, because you've got that lovely Kylo can't do it, but then has to watch his mother die. That's quite a little nice moment. Uh, but, uh, but no, she Mary Poppins her way back in the ship. Yeah, she did with her umbrella. Oh, I wish she had, a, <laughs> had uh, an umbrella. And you know uh, what? I, I I don't mind it. Oh, yeah, no, I, I like, I really, when I first watched it, I thought it was a lovely moment. And I was mm. sort of shocked because I was like, oh, yeah, of course. She's she's not sort of followed the way of the Jedi, but it's been established that she's got, you know, the force about mm. her. And I like that bit. That's great. And the music I think swells the thing... beautifully oh. of her theme. And it's yeah. Lovely. Hmm. Beautiful. I think the thing that I don't... So I would love to know, and there's probably documentary evidence. Again, t- tag us in. Tweet tweet us 4,000 times. Hmm. Uh, both, of every, both of us, all of you listening. But like in my head, I go, okay, so this is how they've dealt with Carrie Fisher passing away, maybe before she could finish her mm. whole part. But of course, she does come back later in a very good moment. Yeah. But then what what's strange is that this Vice Admiral Holdo um is introduced is uh, Laura Dern is it mm. um yeah Laura Dern as Holdo turns up and I of course a lot of sort of butthurt nerds were going why does the girl get to be right and the man is wrong mm. and and I sort of go you're you're an adolescent penis mm. but uh, at the same time I go it is an odd move to bring in a character we've never met before who we're told is great yeah. Uh, to just to tell off our cool main characters that we like. Yeah. You know, no, it, it's right. a strange thing. And and also her plan does fail, partly through, you know, circumstances outside of her control. But she fucks up as well mm. <laughs> later on yeah. because the Empire does what sounds like the most rudimentary scan and sees... Well, we'll get to that later, but like... Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, well, we're, we're, we've, got, we've still got two hours left of the movie. We better hurry yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Luke goes on the Falcon, sees R2, and he's like, hey, how you doing? And then he goes, by the way, I'm not going to come and help you. And then R2's like, well, check this out, and plays the Leia message from New Hope, yeah. which I like. As a Reverse. I, I love that moment. Uh, but now all I can think of is Pop in the in the cockpit on the other yeah. side of the screen, <laughs> watching with his pot noodle in his dressing gown. But you get Mark Hamill going, that was a cheap shot. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, as you say, Holdo takes, Holdo takes over, and he's like, that's a Holdo who was in the Battle of Jelly Nuns. 
<laughs> wow. That was the Jelly Top Galaxy uh, mm. final showdown. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't like her at all. And, and he says, what's the plan? She's like, well, stick to your post. I've met yeah. people like you before. You get people killed. Yeah. And she's right. She is right. Yeah. This is the thing. She's right. But mm. then also, there are so many opportunities when she could just tell Poe her plan. Mm. And none of this would go wrong. Mm. And she doesn't. And there's like, this first time, as you say, she's just going like, yeah, just stay in your place. And she's pissed mm. off with him. And I, I get that because he's already, he's a hothead and he's he's got people in trouble. But mm. but then there's loads more times later. It feels like sort of every other scene is Poe coming up going, what are we doing? What's the plan? <laughs> and like, yeah. you feel like you, eventually, if you were holding, you'd go like, all right, fucking clever dick. Look, this is what we're doing. Mm. But she never does until no. he literally hold, like stages a mutiny. And she still doesn't tell him what they're doing. No, it's insane. Mm. Um, so Finn, meanwhile, is trying to sneak out, and then he bump, we meet Rose. Mm. Kelly Marie Tran as Rose. I think she's great in this. She's very good, yeah. Uh, I think her character. I think she's not served well by what happens to the character, but the fact right. that she's just horribly dumped out of the next film is awful. Um, so this, so the, so she's just sort of ejected from the plot, or is yeah, she just not in the first in, one? In you just see her in the background occasionally. She doesn't have anything oh. to do. Right. Really Again, odd. because like a load of like weird yeah. internet uh, men's rights activists didn't like her. Exactly. Yeah. What I will say is there are too many characters in the film. Yeah, that is true. That and is there was a true. point. There was a point where I went, "God, there's too many bloody characters." And then they brought back Maz Kanata in a little hologram. Oh, I hate for a that little bit. cameo. Yeah, and then I went, "Oh God, yeah, there's more characters mm. from before. <laughs> They've already given us more characters. And there's I would so say many fucking characters. There are. We don't need Rose in this. No, that's we don't. Not me and saying like, that and she shouldn't be in it. I just think that no. character is not necessary, really. She doesn't especially serve a purpose, and no. like, except to save John Boyega later, which is mm. fine. But like." Again, even John Boyega feels like too many characters in this. He's they've yeah. had to sort of find stuff for him to do. Yeah, he's got the you know the casino planet, the much belaboured, beleaguered casino planet sequence is mm. like the most pointless part of the film, and that introduces another character in Benicio del Toro. He turned up and went, "Oh Christ, he's in this as well yeah. as another character with the voice of Porky Pig." And what is he? What is he doing? He makes some odd decisions, he? but what is he doing in this? <laughs> Where there's nothing I can do. Like it's yeah. It, I don't. What is he doing? Decision. Really weird. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's just so many fucking characters. And yeah. and I think he's trying really hard to give them all a sort of a thematic or like character plot. I think you know, and I think he's using some really sort of bulletproof copper bottom like screenwriting technique there, but. It does just feel like it feels like about a series of a TV show of Star Wars yeah. Yeah, in does. a film, and like and because of that, some bits feel really landed and well done, and some bits feel really sort of skipped over, because you can't have a film with twenty main characters, all of whom have to have like really satisfying uh, like character arcs, and some of them have to set up arcs for the next film as well. Mm. Some of them have to like die and that to be satisfying. Yeah, and some of them like are characters from uh, another thing ages ago. So you have to sort of internally resolve that those arcs from that thing as well. Mm. It's just it's too many characters. Yeah, there are way too many. And then you've got to find place for pop as well on top of yeah, all that. Exactly. Yeah. And the only way to make it work is to have Leah asleep for like half an hour. And that's just true. So she can be out of the way for a get bit. one character out of here. We've got to mm. trade, right? We're bringing in Benicio del Toro for some mm. reason, mm. so we've got to trade Carrie Fisher out, yeah, and get Porky Pig in as a uh, 
May the force be with you. But yeah, so they're going to go to Canto Bright. And then meanwhile, Ray and um, Kylo. Thank you. Uh, Ray and Kylo accidentally begin communicating. Yeah. I quite like this idea. Yeah, I I like the way it's shot, especially. Mm. It's so easy that you could... I mean, there's the big Luke projection thing, which is coming up later, but Mm. it's so easy that you could make that kind of... In a a film with these sort of telepathic projections and these sort of telepathic communication and all that, it would be so easy to make it sort of confusing, but it's really nicely done. Yeah. The the shot reverse shot of of the two of them communicating, it works really Mm. well. It feels Mm. very sort of... It feels very immediate to the point where you go, was the actor there on set acting opposite the other mm. you know no it's just really well done yeah but then um she goes to bed and then luke wakes her up because he's had a think about because he saw r2dc's projection and had some pot noodle yeah yeah and he says i'm gonna give you two lessons three isn't it oh three sorry yeah yeah and and then he gives a le- lesson one so they go to the temple and i like i really like all this stuff mm. even though there's one joke in here that shouldn't be in here it annoys me where he's like She's like, oh, he says, what does he say? Reach out. So she puts her hand out and then he starts tickling her with a leaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes, yeah that's... you feel that? That's the force. And it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. I like I like Luke making fun of her, but at the same time, that's it's very wise-assy, isn't it, mm. that moment? You should go, no, you fucking idiot. Put your <laughs> hand down. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so she so he says, what do you feel? And I like this little montage bit. She's like, I, I can see the, 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 I can see at you, bless you. That it, it, I mean that, yeah. yeah actually, bless you, yeah. Mm. It that bit is fantastic, isn't it? And it feels mm. like I love that bit, and it bet feels she... like it, it. It really tackles a question that's kind of been vaguely alluded to, not explored mm. in depth in any of these films, even though it's so key. Mm. Like, and it feels like an antidote to the sort of midichlorian blood test bit in yes. Phantom Menace, where it's like, and I really love the idea that Luke has decided the Force is too powerful for anyone to dabble in it. And that's why he, it's like nuclear weapons or something. Yeah, he's gone. Nobody should have this. But you also so I want to end it. He also puts that idea down of it's just a Skywalker thing because he's like the, the, he yeah. literally says the Force can you know go to be in anybody. Yeah, it's not special. Yeah. Which always felt like that was the point in the original mm. trilogy, right? Was mm-hmm. was that it's this this thing and it's it's you have a less or more of a sensitivity to it, and that's all yeah. there is really. Yeah, and it's it's not magic. It's yeah, it's this other thing, and that's but, great. Yeah. But then she goes straight to the dark place. That's right. A big furry mm. hole in the ground that's yeah. calling to her. Yeah. And he's like, you went straight to the dark side. Yeah. Which is slightly yeah. confusing because she seems to have no dark about her whatsoever. But No. Well, well, wait for the next film. Well, um, we get, well interesting. Mm. Uh, or, or, from what I've heard, n- not interesting. Not interesting. No.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.